Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode 86. It's <laughs> time to 86 this podcast. Uh, I guess What's that I, mean? <laughs> I, I don't know where it comes from, but it means to like kill it or okay. you know, eliminate. I'll have to look that up sometime. Um, but it, it turns out that I've just, you know, claimed the host role for myself because uh, <laughs> Gas isn't here. He will be here later in the podcast, hopefully. But uh, he forgot. Yeah, well, it's it's certainly possible. It's I, no, I no, you know, he definitely he he told me he forgot that the podcast was running tonight. So uh, he's like he's on his way back from wherever he was. Oh. Right? But he was like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I forgot that was happening. So, so when so, you yeah, asked I'm him earlier, did you late. mention podcast or did you say when are you coming back? Oh, well, I, I mentioned podcast eventually because after a minute I realized he doesn't know that podcast is happening. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll be home eventually. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, yeah, I think he was confused at why I was asking him. <laughs> funny, funny. That's great. Well, uh, what are you sipping on over there, Chase? Mm, well, I have one of my favorite beers of all time today. Um, it's really special um, because I am sipping on a Super Flux Heavy Fruit. Oh man, um, which uh, I bought quite a bit of. Not quite as many as Cass uh, this time, but this is a. I don't know if we've had it on the podcast before. Uh, we may have last year when it's been discussed it on out. the podcast. I don't know if it's been had on the podcast. Yeah, but it's such an interesting beer. Um, it's like a limited edition Superflux yeah. beer. Um, they change the flavor of it every time, but it's always like a fruit flavored smoothie sour. Mm-hmm. And it is incredibly thick. It is like you're drinking a smoothie rather than a beer. But they've brewed it. It is brewed like a beer. I don't know how they do it. But it, it's like you're drinking a smoothie out of a can. Uh, or in this case, I poured the can into a glass. But yeah. uh, it's really good. Uh, this one is called the Breakfast Edition. Which is... Ooh. says somewhere on here. Uh, strawberry, pineapple, and orange flavored. So they have like a different edition each year where they do a little twist on it? Yeah, and they actually did two this summer um, because of, wow. I think it was super popular. Um, the first one, Cass has been trying to like keep up with them so that we don't miss when the release happens. Yeah. Um, but he like missed the first one. And like we looked it up and they it had like come out like three weeks prior and we were like, fuck, like we've missed it. Um, yeah. So they had no cans left, but we went to the brewery and they had like the end of one of their kegs. Nice, nice. So it was, like, still good, but that one, like, because it was the end of the keg, was not, like, the best. Yeah. Um, that one was, like, uh, I think, like, more banana mango flavored, something like that. Mm -hmm. It was, like, a, some sort of tropical fruity one. I, I like this one a lot better. It's more, like, you know, darker berry tasting. Yeah, that's kind of what I was picturing, like, some good blueberries and blackberries. I see some red in there as well. Some yeah, it's what it looks like. Um, I mean, saying those, yeah, strawberry, pineapple, orange, I guess it's like the, the strawberry that makes it darker. I just look so good. I really want yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah, they're very yeah. good. Um, you'll have to come out here in the summer to, to try them. Yeah. Um, they don't travel well, unfortunately. How, so. do they, how do they do if you uh, don't refrigerate them and leave them out for a while? Oh, they do very poorly. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll let I'm Cass sure, build up that. I'm sure Cass will have a little bit to say yeah. on that when he eventually joins. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, a little teaser for things to hopefully come. Yeah, um, what are you drinking today, Hunter? Yeah, I am drinking this beer that uh, from one of the breweries in Baltimore that I haven't managed to make it out to yet, Checker Spot Brewing, the uh, Eyelash Viper. 
uh, very cool Ooh. can. Um, picked yeah. it up at the uh, liquor store across the street from me, which is interesting because they are very small. And as a result, sometimes the selection of IPAs isn't that exciting uh, because they do have a variety of craft beers. But like, and when I said IPAs, I was really referring to like, you know, craft stuff. I don't only buy IPAs right. from them. Um, and then sometimes they're like, oh, I haven't had that before. That's really cool. Um, and this one in particular is really took me by surprise because in general, I'm very drawn to beers that have like, you know, big flavor, really fruity, really hazy, something like that. But this one is just, you know, very hoppy and they just have like a really good blend of it. It's a New England IPA with a load of Citra, Amarillo and Echinot. Um, and yeah, I just, I just had a sip and was like, damn, this goes hard. I got one for Cass as well because he was still here when I picked it up, and he he didn't like it as much as I did. But uh, I was yeah. Honest. It sounds like a beer that I, I probably wouldn't have li- liked as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nice to find find a new su- one that surprises you. You're like, oh, yeah. that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was really drawn in by the uh, the can, and I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I was like, you know, we'll give it a shot. You know, eyelash viper. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, yeah, very cool name. Yeah, I think it's interesting the uh, the can art, like the art style on, on beer cans um, out yeah. uh, out east is a lot different than like what we get on on beer cans out here. Like, just That's the art true. style seems like significantly different. Here, it's mm. like a lot more like simple, modern, you know, like solid color cans with like maybe a cool design on it. Yeah, like, yeah. but it's more like simplicity, like or like simplistic. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, I, don't I see know what, what you're saying. I'm like, not an art major, so I don't really know what how <laughs> yeah. to describe it. But you know, like simplistic and modern. And then there's a lot more like heavy, like poppy colors. Yeah. Um, like um, il- like illustrative style. I guess. Yeah. You'd say. yeah no, I a totally see what you're saying. East Coast stuff. So yeah, like when I had a Superflux when I was out there with you guys, it was not the heavy fruit. It was like a you know kind of like a uh, pastel colored can. You know, yeah. this wasn't wasn't a, much for uh, you know art to speak of besides just some cool colors. So yeah, yeah I most thought of Superflux cans are just a solid color, and then it has like in little like letters what the beer is called on the top. Yeah, like, well, that's you know, it. If you if you're that popular, you might as well not bother trying to go overboard. Just you know, put your name on there, and that's all you need to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on to some Valorant stuff. Uh, Chase uh, has been boot camping in Valorant and is currently at his peak form. <laughs> yes, I really have um, because yeah. I haven't played Valorant until like today in over a week. Mm-hmm. It, it's probably been more than that. Like I've had no time recently because like I just moved uh, across the province, so mm. uh, it was a lot of work. You know, I, I was working a lot before I moved, and then a lot of work to pack and move out of my place, and then. Getting here, I didn't have Wi-Fi for the first week. So today, I just finally got my, my Wi-Fi set up, um, which was a little brutal. I ran out of my mobile data very fast, and to work, I had to like go to the library or go to a cafe, something like that, which has been uh, you know, less than ideal. So I'm very excited now to, to be able to play some more Valorant. And... Yeah. yeah, we had some very mixed results in our games. It was not a, a great day for me, to, uh, to be honest, on the sky. I had uh, some me uh, either. <laughs> yeah, all, all your, your sky flashes were just terrible. I, I don't know what you're doing <laughs> with those. No, but uh, yeah, it's definitely. I've been feeling better on the sky, but I, I swear I have a hard time with some of the 
the bird does not do what I want it to do too often. I get stuck on corners and things and just like straightening out the bird, like going through a situation where I have to like curve it one way and then straighten out and then curve it the other. That's where, where I, I need to, uh, to, pro- to practice it because I just tend to have it <laughs> curve into the wrong corner and then just be hanging out there. I'm like, well, there were a lot of times where like yeah. your bird gets caught for a while, like on a door yeah. and then like, you'll make it through eventually. And I'll just be like, yeah, he made it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Let's go bird. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting better at saving it when I do that. Yeah. But the worst is like, I'm like, oh, I just got it out. And then like, I don't have time to pop it. It just expires. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I guess I wanted to take flash. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I still am liking the challenge that I'm doing because uh, Sky just you know provides so much value, and in particular, the part of her kit that I've been liking the most is the dog, because you know on paper it seems a lot like a Sova drone, uh, but like with the Sova drone, it's just so much more, especially if I don't get a pa- a ping with it, if I don't get a tag. It just requires your teammates to be, like, so much better <laughs> than the Sky Dog does. Because, like, you know, you have to first call out where they are, and then they have to realize, you know, where that is and adjust. Whereas with the Sky Dog, you know, them being concussed, like, even if they completely ignore what I'm saying overcomes, you know, they swing the corner and someone's concussed now. Like, they have a much better, you know, chance of winning that duel. Yeah, I mean, I was describing it earlier as a Sova drone with consequences. Yeah, um, I really like that. But it's like the Sova drone is a purely informational tool, and it is mm-hmm. better than the dog significantly at being an informational tool. But right, right. it's hard to act off of that. Like you're not, um, you're you're not like micro acting off of that. You're like macro acting off of it, off of like right, uh, right. map control and information in the game. But you can physically act off of this, like dog can cuss, um, or the bite. Are those two separate things? Do you know? I've literally yes. never played Sky. Yes. So basically your dog jumps in like a, a arc and when the dog lands and disappears, there is a certain area around uh, that landing that isn't actually visually shown that, you know, if you have line of sight to that, then you're concussed. So it's like a area plus line of sight required. Uh, but then if you land directly on someone, I, I don't, there maybe there's a little bit of a grace period where it could be up to half a meter from the person. I don't know. But essentially, you land that arc directly on someone, or, you know, midair you hit them, then you do 30 damage to them. And that's the difference between that and the regular concuss. In either case, they get the same concussion if they're in the area or if they get chomped. It's just the chomp gives you that nice VFX of the the uh, fangs, and then you get the 30 damage. Yeah, I, I guess, like, I never really knew how that worked. I'm sure most people do know how that works but like i am just like sometimes i take 30 damage and sometimes yeah. i don't and <laughs> well, i don't now know, you know what the difference is so yeah yeah maybe yeah, you don't maybe want you, run away. you don't want the dog to bite you <laughs> that's what that's what i'm uh well i kind of assume that I, that would be yeah. the case i don't want to get bit but how <laughs> yeah exactly is the better question right the specifics I, I have yet to i'm trying to think i don't think i have yet in a comp game gotten a kill with the dog uh, that's one of the things that we discussed many podcasts ago in terms of most embarrassing ways to die. And by sky dog chomp was definitely, you know, up there on our list. Uh, I've done oh, it yeah. in TDM. I mean, it's like I all the least there. damaging things. Is right. Right. Embarrassing to die that way. Well, it's, it's a combination um, of least damaging and also most avoidable as well. Where in most cases you have somewhat of a chance to shoot the sky dog. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the first game we played today, uh, not a su- sky dog death. Um, 
but in a really embarrassing way for for one of our opponents to die was uh, I was in a one v one with him, and I you know I damaged him a lot, but he got the kill on me. Uh, he then proceeded to jump off from heaven on uh, B site split and kill himself while going to defuse the bomb. <laughs> but he had plenty of time to yeah. defuse. Like, yeah. He just he just jumped off and killed himself via fall damage, and yep. then he lost the round. <laughs> but I got awarded the kill for that too. I don't I don't know if that's like yeah. I'm not sure if it's like most recent to damage the person or most damage to the person. It's probably most recent, I would guess, is the one who gets mm-hmm. awarded the kill. But it's it's pretty great to get a fall damage kill. Yeah, uh, after death, fall damage kill that won us the round. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun moment. Um, so onto the list of topics I had uh, here. I've been thinking of ways to mix up the queuing experience for Valorant without changing the game modes all that much. Okay. The the first one is the one I'm most excited about. And that is addressing one of the issues that, you know, Valorant has had for forever, which is how incredibly frustrating it is when you have a player on your team who is AFK from early on in the game, and you just have to try to fight this losing battle of, you know, playing 4v5. Um... And so my solution is the reinforcement queue. So the way this works is you can choose in the game as like the game mode is reinforcement queue. And you can only do this as a solo. You can't be in a party for this. Uh, And once you queue into reinforcement queue, it will look to replace an AFK player with you uh, in a comp game. Uh, Now, how this would play out is that you would not be able to choose what agent you wanted to play. You would just be, you know, playing whatever agent the person was playing who DC'd. Because I'm sure it would cause some problems in terms of, like, uh, loading in. (laughs) Cass is calling me. What the heck? (laughs) Yeah, you just called me. I had to hang up. (laughs) Okay, here, we'll do this. declined it. Hey, Cass, you're you're live on pod because you're on speakerphone by my mic. How you doing? Yes, yes. Oh, I guess we didn't actually follow through with that. I have work tomorrow, so we decided we'd start and you could join in. Okay, sounds good. My team is looking like it's going to be 9.30. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Cool. Okay, cool, cool. See you guys when I'm there. Sounds good. See you eventually. All right, so Cass is... There you go. Everyone got to hear it. Yeah, Cass is going to be a while, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so essentially, back to what I was saying... So you, you queue in, you get put into a, a game where someone's AFK, you have to play whatever agent they initially picked. Um, and then, basically, there's one, there's one caveat I'll say right now, and then I'll hear your thoughts about it, then I have a couple other, you know, little nuances. So yeah, okay. the, the major thing will be that uh, when you're in a regular comp game, you will, um, and someone on your team goes AFK, they have to be AFK for a certain number of rounds, like two or three. And then there will be, there will be a vote that will happen. Like a vote will automatically be started to basically open up to reinforcement queue or not for the reason that, you know, if you're duoed with someone who left and is coming back that way you can vote no. And then there won't be someone who comes as a reinforcement. Um, Oh, and then the other very important thing that actually is one of the most important things, I should have said it earlier, is if you're reinforcement queuing, you do not get any RR up or down. So you are solely doing this in the interest of, you know, the game. 
you're not going to be, you know, increasing your rank or losing rank by how you perform in the reinforcement queue. So there you have it, Chase. What are your first thoughts? I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's very complicated. I feel like it would be very yes. difficult to actually incorporate this into <laughs> oh, the yeah. game. Oh, yeah. So uh, from a development standpoint. Um, but, I mean, I, I like it because it kind of solves the issue of somebody going AFK. Um, and, like, not being able to remake. Mm-hmm. There's the whole thing of, like, you know, if people don't have anything to lose or win, then, you know, are you going to get... Is that going to incentivize more people to just throw in re- reinforcement queue? But also, is that better than them not being there at all? Yeah. Yeah, my thought on that was that, first of all, you know, even if they're trolling a little bit, still probably better than AFK. And since it's not affecting their MMR in any way, like, there's no, like, incentive for throwing in terms of, oh, I'm helping, you know, I'm trying to go down in rank or something. So if someone's throwing it just because they enjoy throwing. Right, it's pure, and then which they would have been doing anyway, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Most likely, that kind of person right. is just going to be a troll, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and it's like numbers on a screen in a video game. Mm-hmm. That, that's your, what your rank is. So, um, some people are able to separate that from something of real value. I'm, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dopamine go, uh, boom when that big number yeah. of RR comes up. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was thinking that. Obviously, the way this would play out, it, you would prefer to just have your person have not gone AFK because they're still they're gone for a couple of rounds before this can happen. And, you know, this person coming in, they might not be on an agent that they're even all that comfortable with. But personally, I think it would be a lot better than having an AFK. And I would love to do this. I would reinforcement queue all the time because, like, you know, having to be forced onto a random agent and then make the best of it. And like, you know, it being, you know, nothing to lose, but also it'd be really cool if I could help a team win that was feeling down having an AFK. Like, I don't know. That seems pretty rad. I mean, it seems pretty cool. Maybe it's something that like only is available after a certain number of rounds where somebody is AFK. Oh, I agree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So after like a set number of rounds, then it can open it up because, um, then it would like you know make it like oh there is still a penalty for somebody going AFK. Yeah, that's um, what, that's what I said. Like, two the or three, biggest but thing it could is, be more as well. Yeah, right. The biggest thing is why they don't want you to be able to like just quit when somebody goes AFK is because they don't want you to bully somebody into into doing that. Um, and mm-hmm. you're gonna and if you do, then you're gonna be down a player. So does this yeah. really solve solve that or like take that into account? Because you know you could still say like oh we're gonna bully this person into into leaving. And, you know, whoever we get is going to be better than them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I had not considered that, the idea of like, oh, <laughs> reinforcement would be better than you. And so, and so that, uh, the idea of having a bunch, a good number of rounds could help uh, before that would kick in, the reinforcement option. But I also had another thought, which I hadn't said yet, which is that um, I definitely think that whatever the hidden MMR of the person who AFK'd is, the reinforcement needs to be substantially lower like by a couple of ranks at least maybe even like three ranks for the reason being Hmm. that it would really suck if you're on the uh, you're on the other team you know someone on the other team someone on the team you're facing goes afk you see some new person you know connects and they just start dummying you (laughs) they just start (laughs) absolutely wrecking you like that would suck in a whole different a new way so i definitely feel feel like that would happen like yeah yeah 
Like, it, it would happen at some point, you know, regardless of what you do. But the idea of their hidden MMR being substantially lower would help at least make that not that often. I mean, why would... I kind of get, like, the, uh, like, oh, I want to, like, help out. It's kind of fun to get thrown into the middle of a game yeah. with the, on a random agent. But, like, y you don't get rank for it. Yeah. There's no real purpose. You're going to be in a lobby that's way over your level. I mean, I feel like well, I'd just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to queue comp. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's it's like replacing the person who AFK'd. So in some cases, it could be way above your level, but you also could be replacing the person who had the highest rank in the lobby, at which point your rank is very similar to, you know, the other people in the game. True, but not to, like, you know, the equivalent person on the other team, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of those things that, like, it's probably more trouble than it's worth from Riot's POV because there's a lot of technical work that would go into making this happen. Um, and there's not a guarantee... Like, they would have to do it very carefully to ensure that it wouldn't be something that people would be mad about. That would be more positive than a negative. For me personally, it would be more of a positive than a negative, both in having reinforcements come in and being one. But I think for a decent number of people, like you're kind of saying, Chase, like the negatives could be a significant thing. Yeah, I feel like maybe there needs to be some sort of incentive to doing it. Um, yeah, like it reminds me a lot of like of like scav runs. Yeah. Oh Darkout. yeah, dude. It's like spawning yeah. in as a as an NPC, mm -hmm. um, becoming a PC, I guess. But yeah, just d d spawning in as like you know a random thing in the middle of a, a random game. That's kind of the exact same thing you're doing. Yeah. Uh, as a scav in Tarkov, dude. Um, that's a great comparison. But. You know, in Tarkov, like, you take whatever loot you can get. Um, yeah, you still keep it for your PMC. Yeah, you, ke you, yeah. Keep the, uh, you keep the loot. I feel like there needs to be some sort of reward system to incentivize people to, like, go into this queue. Yeah. Uh, maybe whatever. it could be, like... It, it, maybe it could be, like, uh, Kingdom Credits or something as simple as that, but... I know a way to make sure everyone is reinforcement queuing. You know, Riot likes yeah. to go overboard to make sure that... To shift things in the direction they want to shift them. Riot should take a page out of Tarkov's book. <laughs> whatever your whatever skin you're holding, when the game ends, <laughs> if you reinforce it, you you permanently get that skin. You take it back that to would your be ridiculous. <laughs> that certainly wouldn't cause any problems whatsoever. No, no. Well, it, yeah. the thing is, as soon as you die holding that skin in another game, you then lose the skin. Oh, Ooh. unless you've bought insurance, of course. <laughs> and, I, and I also think that instead of all of the players, you know, spawning at this set location and then battling over the spike, we should perhaps add an extraction mechanic as well, where you're really trying to just get as much money as possible and loot and then leave. You know, I don't, while we're talking about it, I don't even like the art style of Valorant. We should, like, make it yeah. more like CSGO. It's too much you know, of a kid's like game. Realistic. I mean, yeah. let's be honest here. What are all these flashy colors incentivizing kids into violent uh, scenarios? We yeah. need more realistic... Uh, representation of combat. Indeed. I, it's absurd that I can fire an Odin as much as I have without it jamming even once. Like, I, yeah, I need what to be you, dealing with that. What even is an Odin? That's not a real gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the lack of effort there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious how many Tarkov people we have in the server. I know we have a couple because I've talked about it, but uh, let I me know. a surprising number of people have played Tarkov. Yeah, I think there's... Like, 
I think the overlap is that both of them are very like competitive and well, competitive might not be the right word. They're very hardcore games that really, you know, slap you around when you're getting the hang of it. So like both require a certain level of insanity and commitment to like stick it out and enjoy them. Yeah. I didn't have that for Tarkov. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I kind of backed off on the competitive side of things because uh, I would guess part of it for you is that you're a very competitive person and Valorant, you know, fuels that a lot. Whereas like Tarkov, yeah. it's much more of a you define your own goals kind of thing. And then when you're just kind of walking around in the woods and losing money, it just like, damn, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. You, like spawn in and there's like four people that just run over to you and mow you down immediately. And they're all, you know, oh, yeah. together and you're like, oh, that's fun. Cool. I definitely but... had a realistic chance in that fight. Yeah, glad I lost yep. everything I've been working towards for the last, like, six missions. Mm -hmm. but let us know in the Discord if you want to become a Tarkov podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we gotta fill the time somehow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, on the idea of uh, different ways to queue into the game, this one, I really like this next one, but it has one notable problem that I don't know how to solve. Besides the okay. fact that it's probably not worth Riot's time, which well, I got a solution idea. for you. Hit me with it. Let's go. Let's go. So this is called Rival Q, and this is not a comp thing. This is unrated only because for very obvious reasons. But essentially, you queue with. Um, I don't. I don't know if there would be a limit on the number of people, but essentially, your party is split up between the two teams in an unrated game. And you choose how the split happens. So it's like, you know, you queue two and two or whatever. And it's going to put you on two different teams and fill with randoms. Um, I just think that would be incredibly fun. <laughs> I would love, you know, facing you guys in actual, you know, Valorant gameplay. Because there is not a way to do that unless we organize a custom game. Um, and I think it'd be an absolute blast. Have you spotted the problem? And what do you think of that, Chase? Um, I mean, I kind of, I really like it. I think that it's like, um, you know, you, you want to play a custom, like there's the only way, this is like the only way that you could do that, um, with less than 10 people, right? If you wanted to, yeah. you're like, oh shit, we have, uh, we want, we want to do a custom against each other, but there's only four of us or, you know, exactly. even if they're like six or seven, you like allow up to like up to nine people to go into this queue. Um, Yeah. And then they just fill the rest of it, so you just you have full full teams. I think that we've we've played plenty of customs where we're like, okay, we want to play against each other and like do some fun shit and fuck around. Um, but you know, you don't have ten, so you just play like three on four or like exactly four v five, something like that. You try to make it as balanced as possible, but this just you know fills out the teams. That that would be really nice. Yeah. Well, I, the way you talked about that, I think you may have taking this a little bit differently than I intended it. And the way that you're taking it, um, it would actually not bring into question the issue that I was thinking. And so if this was like a dedicated queue where everyone who's doing this is looking to play a rivals game, then, you know, that, that you just need enough players who are doing that to make, uh, the queue worth having. What I was that, thinking, that's not how I was envisioning oh, oh, it okay. I was I, thinking that it would fill with people who were queuing for unrated. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Got it. Well then, well then, the big the big issue does apply, and this is what I thought in the shower or before the podcast. So I was pondering this idea. It was the issue is that if you're you know you primarily care about competing with your buddies, 
So like, I think there's a very realistic chance where, you know, you and me uh, are on a team chase and we're playing Alex and Cass. Both of us die. And we're just like, oh, I want the round to be over. I don't really give a shit about my team. So we j- we're in Discord with Cass and Alex and we just come to Cass and Alex where our rando teammates are and so they can just go kill them and end the round. And so that's the issue that I thought, which is that you have the real potential to just ruin the game for the people who aren't rival queuing if you don't really care about them and you really care about the head-to-head with your buddies. Um, I feel like in yeah. that case, why wouldn't you just be in a lobby with, like in a custom game with the four of you? Right, if you only care about taking the yeah. duels with each other, right, you want this to be more like a game. I feel like that wouldn't happen very much. At least not not yeah. the way that I would play the game. I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't I don't do know that. If people I, would. But... I think that would be a shitty thing to do. Like, I certainly wouldn't consider doing that. I guess no, unless the if they're on your team, off. you kind of want your team to win. Still, it's still a competitive right, right. game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always fun when like a rando clutches up. So, yeah. So maybe it's not as big of an issue as I was thinking. And, you know, it is unweighted. So, like, you know, at the end of the day, if, if at some point the game isn't, you know, necessarily very fair, well, that's just unrated for you. Like, that happens anyway. It's not like unrated is the pinnacle of balanced competition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like it would just be so... It's, like, such a unique circumstance that you would want this queue. Um, but, you know, could could be cool again, yeah. I... I'm not sure how unique it would be because maybe, I mean, maybe it would be different. Maybe there should be an option for it to be like a swift play feature as well. Because I was thinking that like when you and me and Cass are hopping on for some Valorant, um, I would absolutely love to go against you (laughs) for a little bit. Uh, Maybe, maybe the issue is that the unrated is too long for that, but like, I would absolutely love it. Cause like the biggest issue for us with unrated is that, you know, there's no stakes. Uh, If you're just going in there, like who cares? But there are sort of inherent stakes if we're going against each other. That we might not be getting RR, but you know, there's serious bragging rights if one of you know when you tap the head of your uh, your buddy. Like, you know, that that's enough true. to motivate yeah. me. So like I would absolutely play this if it was an option. Not more than comp, but you know, now and then, a couple times a week kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if this has happened to anybody else, but I I, I it has not happened to me. Uh, I'm waiting for the day when I queue into a to a comp game and see somebody that I know on the other team. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be really funny. Like to just queue into a random like solo queue game and then like big Tony's on the other team. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think you and Cass probably have the best chance of it, you know, playing on the same, playing on the same server close yeah. in rank. Um, it, it, it's just that both the timing and, um, you know, the server difference makes it very unlikely that I'll run into you unless I accidentally. Oh, definitely. Yeah. When I'm doing yeah. It does help, help yeah. happen to me sometimes where I just like, we were queued in Illinois or something. And then I accidentally, you know, queue a solo game in Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I'm thinking that like, this probably doesn't apply, like, I don't know what situation this would happen in, but if for whatever reason, multiple of us were just like, Ah, uh, you know what? I really feel like solo queuing rather than playing as a team. <laughs> like we could all select the same server and then all start queue at the same time and and see if we get into us. the same game. Yeah, I yeah. mean the odds are just so low. See, I'm not necessarily sure just because. Well, yeah, there are a lot of lobbies being formed. If you have people of similar rank on the same server, how many people are actually queuing at that given time? I'm not sure. I mean, you see it sometimes where like. 
you know, somebody dodges a game and then you come back and like nine of the ten people are the yeah, same in the that, next that's game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But then I feel like more often none of the people are the same. And you're like, oh, this many people around the same rank were all queuing at the same time. Well, yes, but the the big thing with that when someone dodges is that not everyone is is just letting it requeue. Some people, for whatever reason, are stopping the queue to do something else, even if it's for a few seconds. I mean, maybe, but it auto requeues you. Right, right. But like, there's a de- decent number of times like someone dodges, and then I'm like, oh, well, actually, I should refill my water. <laughs> maybe this is me having ADHD and just like <laughs> thinking of things to do more randomly, but. Uh, there's a decent amount of time that a dodge happens, and I briefly hop out of the queue to do something. Um, but yeah, so I don't I don't know in what scenario you and me are going to hop into Discord tonight and be like, you know what, let's each solo queue and try to verse each other because it's just going to you know be a worse experience if we don't. But uh, yeah, I mean, would be a lot easier if there was a queue specifically to do that. <laughs> Why? <Wild. Yeah. laughs> yeah. Well, the third thing I had to say about queuing is with all these new queuing ideas. Uh, you know, that top bar when you click play is getting really crowded. And it's time for me to bring up something that I have said, I said a while ago, but I think it was when Swift Play came out. Why the heck is Spike Rush still a mode in the game? Who's playing <laughs> yeah, Spike who's Rush? Playing Spike Rush. Kill Spike Rush so that we have more people to make new cool kinds of cues. Like, yeah, they, yeah. they can kill Spike Rush. Nobody gives a shit. I haven't heard one person who's like, oh, I really love Spike Rush. Yeah, yeah, like, the biggest reason that I've, you know, typically over the years heard for people playing Spike Rush is it's a good way to get your dailies done, you know, low stress. Yeah, um, exactly. They're just, like, right. getting their, their missions done, their weeklies maybe, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, know. I know, like, a few people that, that I, you will often hop in and see them uh, in a Spike Rush, and I'm like, oh, that means that they're probably not actually queuing right now. They're not, like, looking for a game. Right, they're just right. fucking around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you, they could get rid of it. I don't think anyone will be that upset. Yeah, because, like, at this point, you know, with TDM and Swift Play, those both also work work for your dailies as well and weeklies. I'm realizing that the one exception to that is that if your daily is use alts, Spike Rush is just by far the best because you can get the orb that immediately gives you your ult. So yeah, that's or be plant the spike. It's like there's often one like the you or your ally plant or diffuse spike. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can get that in, in Swift Play, but in TDM, you can't. Um, oh, oh, yes. I thought you were going to say that Spike Rush was the best for that over Swift Play, which is where I was going to disagree. But no, you're, you're just saying that you can't do it at all in TDM. Yeah. Yeah, you just can't do it at all. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're in agreement. Riot, please, if you're listening obliterate spike rush we don't need it anymore get it out of here yeah all yeah. the purchase weapons i believe you can't right purchase weapons and abilities in tdm would be uh oh right right yeah, but you can't purchase weapons and abilities you can't do in spike rush either oh that's true yeah you just get all of your abilities and your gun is chosen for you yeah so. exactly that you already yeah. had i mean back in the day you had to play on rated if you wanted to, to grind out those dailies right yeah yeah swift yeah. play is just a, a huge addition to the game it is. I, I think TDM is even bigger, uh, but Swift Play is great as well. I've played a lot more TDMs than I have Swift Plays, and I have not played a lot of TDMs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've played, I'm pretty sure I've played more Swift Plays for the reason that when I was getting my Secret Jet account to comp, I basically exclusively grinded Swift Plays. So I played a ton of Swift Plays <laughs> since TDM yeah. wasn't out yet. 
Um, yeah, and it's great because it gives you a little, you know, comp experience in bite-sized form where things are mixing up so much that you don't, you know, you don't have to just stick with a shitty game one way or the other too long. Uh, do you have any opinions on TDM, Chase? Uh, you know, it's just kind of getting your feet with it, wet with it a little bit since you haven't been playing a ton. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty much what we queue to warm up now. Yeah. Uh, instead of like a normal deathmatch. Uh, I think it's slightly more fun. I don't think it really slightly? has like a... Yeah, like I feel like deathmatch oh, is kind of the same for me. Um, oh. For like as a warm-up mode. I don't know. I like using the util. It it might it might help me warm up faster just because it like allows me to play around my util, which is more like uh close closely related to a scenario that I'm gonna see in the game. Um, yeah, but it's all like they're all just warm up modes to me. Like I I just really they're cool. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, this this reminds me of a conversation that I had with my sister just yesterday that um essentially she is much more competitive than me and she was getting uh furious about playing a new board game uh, azul it's a portuguese game where you like move tiles around it's very unique and i i found it quite enjoyable you're basically trying to like fill out like a mosaic uh which mosaics are very big in portugal so like it is very like cultural um but anyway uh, she did fairly badly on our first go of it. And she was just like fuming, like talking about how, you know, unacceptable her performance was. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, what I don't get is that like, you just spent a bunch of time in Europe and you have like learned to be able to speak like three different foreign languages. And, like, all of those require so much trying and failing and, like, you know, frustrating moments as you're trying to, you know, get a hold on this language as, you know, not being a toddler as a, you know, when your brain is like a sponge just soaking it all up immediately. But, like, actually having to work at it. Like, I don't get how you, you know, have the patience for that, but then just flip out when it comes to, like, a, you know, a fun competitive thing. And she was just like, you know, the point of the game is to win. Like, the point of speaking a language is to, like, enjoy the cultural experience and to have all the different opportunities that, like, there is. But, like, the whole point of a game is to win the game. And if I'm not winning the game, that's a problem. And I was just like, damn, I just don't think that way. Like, I enjoy, like, you know, the, the mental part of the game and trying to win along those lines. But, like, it, that's just so different than, than how I'm wired. And that sounds more like what you're saying, how my sister was talking. Yeah, I mean... In a way, I, when it comes to like board games specifically, I yeah. of course I want to win, but also like I kind of like when I'm bad at something because I can like improve. Then yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. No, I'm I'm like, with you 100. percent Like it's obviously fun to like pick something up and be like, oh, I'm fucking sick at this already, but like yeah. that rarely happens. So um, it's definitely fun to fun to fail because then you're like, oh shit, like there's a lot I don't understand here. Like it's kind of fun learning to understand that, especially with like board games, card games, stuff like that. Uh, like getting better at it and learning the strategies and um, how to do like play in different ways. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, I think in general, I am very similar, similarly competitive um, where, yeah, I see it's like, if I'm playing yeah. the game. The point is to win the game. And if I'm not winning the game, then what the fuck was I playing it for? Yeah. Yeah. 
it, and just to be clear, I don't feel that way about nothing in particular things that I feel like I should be good at and that I like have a certain amount of pride in. I definitely feel that way. For example, you know, Valorant competitive, like even if I try to make the best out of a close loss, like, oh, well, there's some fun moments. Like I'm still sad that we lost and I would have liked to have won. But like, I also just have a blast in TDM, just like, you know, running around and, you know, the the visual effects of, you know, popping someone with a sheriff or like running and gunning with a stinger with my prelude to chaos, popping that crystal out, slamming a new one in, like, you know, just all of the fun stuff about, you know, the way Valorant plays. I just enjoy having that in like a low stakes environment as a change of pace, uh, which it sounds like you don't as much. I mean, yeah, not, not as much. I feel like the problem with those game modes, like the specific like warm up ones, if we're talking deathmatch and TDM is that you don't give a fuck whether you win or lose, right? Like, it's really, it's cool to win, but, like, mm-hmm. when in a TDM have you really been like, ah, oh, shit, like, that was a close one. To, uh, that sucks that we lost that. Like, I don't give a fuck what the score is. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not even paying attention, like, to what the score is. Sometimes, like, most of the times I play it, I'm like, oh, it's over. We got to 100 kills. Or they got to right, 100 right. kills. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Right? And same in Deathmatch, if you're like, oh, somebody got to 40. Well, that wasn't me. And, like, in the very rare chance that it is me, then, like, that's fun. Because then there's yeah. some sort of, like, stakes on the table if you're, like, up there. But, like, in the vast majority of them, like, you're kind of mid-pack, bottom of the pack sometimes. You know? Right, right. Yeah, winning you DMs really is great, care. but it just doesn't happen that much. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I feel like that stakes is not there. So, like, it works great as a warm-up mode, and I'm fine to play one or two before, like, I hop into a comp game. But I'm not hopping into the game. I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here because I've said this so many times. Got but, it. Well, yeah, that's just, you know, we just think about it differently. Because, like, I will sometimes be like, you know what? I don't feel like playing a comp game, but I would love to play a TDM. And I will play a couple TDMs and, you know, not play comp. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would just do something else on my computer. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, Shoot. I'm honestly well, going to say maybe we take an intermission here. That's good. That's do. what I was going to suggest is that, like, yeah. we just we take an intermission here and uh, wait for Cass to come. And then we come back all set with uh, with uh, the salad sauce by our side. All right, welcome back, everyone. We are now joined by the one, the only, Cass, a.k.a. Salad Sauce. Cass, what are you drinking? What are you bringing to the table tonight? Uh, I'm bringing presumably the exact same thing Chase brought at the beginning of the podcast. Um, it's a heavy fruit breakfast edition by Superflux. You mm. know it. But what do you what do you think about this one, this edition this year? Um, this one's pretty good. Now, the only thing is uh, mine are a little soured. Um, in terms of we hinted at this uh, that, that is the type of beer that it is cast sure sure but like <laughs> they're they're not quite as intended uh i had my buddy pick up 12 of them for me from the brewery and which i i, I will say is an absurd amount of this beer they're like eight dollars a can <laughs> right we're, we're talking 120 dollars a beer right here is 12 cans that's funny i um <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know how much the cans cost. I told my buddy in the exact words we decided on were reasonably outrageous number of beers. Uh, 12 is the number he selected. Uh, now, the it's only fair. problem is I forgot to mention that these beers can't really be warm and therefore need to go into the fridge. Uh, <laughs> so he had just brought them into my room and just dropped them on my bed. And you were out of town at this time. 
This yes. is a important. Yeah, Castle was telling me about this, getting the beers from his buddy while we were hanging out in DC. I had no idea that the beers were just sitting there souring while Cass <laughs> was in a different country. I didn't either. Yeah. I found out when I got home. And I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have said something. Um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, I did have the mini fridge in my room blocked by my bike and several weights. So, like, it, it was difficult to access. So I understand yeah. why he walked in, looked at the mini fridge and was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Um, which, like, I'm sure he would have had I mentioned that they needed to go into the fridge. I just, I forgot to do that. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Mm-hmm. They still taste pretty good. There's just, like, a little something that's, like, tastes a little off. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They do tell you, like, at the brewery, like, oh, these need to be immediately refrigerated again um, mm-hmm. before you drink them. And then you're supposed to take them, you know, directly out of the fridge and crack them and drink it, it like... Immediately. Um, but that's yeah. a part of it being a weird beer, and it's very, very good. And I've never had anything like it. It's just such it's such a strange feeling to, like, drink a thick beer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to try one so badly. It sounds so cool. Oh, they're, they're, they're very good. Yeah. And it um, expands while it's out. Like, it foams very quickly. So, mm-hmm. like, you, you can't fill your glass fully or it will, like, overflow the glass because it, like, expands. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like they're using dried fruit or something, but it sounds like the fruit is very fresh tasting, so. I don't know. I feel like there's something that's going on with the carbonation that's, like, making it thicker because when you pour it out of the can, it seems very thin. But then, yeah. like, as as it sits in your glass for a second, it, like, thickens. Yeah. It's weird. That's so cool. All right, well, good. yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, but it's weird, but but very good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, transitioning back to Valorant, uh, we saved the best stuff for you, Cass, uh, unironically. Um, so uh, first things first, I wanted to get into something that is maybe a little old at this point, but it is, uh, I think, still pretty interesting. So... This is taking the regular season for all of the franchised uh, teams this year and figuring and basically compiling the stats to figure out which pro player uh, had the most kills per map for each weapon in the game. And the thing to keep in mind here is that because this is the regular season, this is all regional. And therefore, you know, there are absolutely people on this list several uh perhaps even many not gonna not gonna give away too much yet um who did not actually have successful international showings but uh were just good with the gun in their region so um do you guys see the uh, okay wait big big question does this include china as a separate region um i don't believe there are any chinese players on this list okay um yeah, so I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure because they they didn't make the list. Yeah, because um, I'm like, is is like Kang Kang just all of them or like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I would assume maybe no because it is kind of a u- unique situation there. Um, so I am for the for clarity, I am going. I have a little slideshow here that I'm revealing each one in turn, but we're going to be talking about each one. So I don't think there's going to be much missing for the audio listeners, which is everyone. And then I'll post this screenshot that I was working from, uh, when we post the podcast. So, okay. well, as we get started here, 
the very first one, we're going to be, you know, very anticlimactic after all that hype, uh, is classic. You guys aren't going to guess it because I didn't even know who this player was. It is uh, Monet or Monet. <laughs> yeah, probably Monet <laughs> from Global Esports with 1.6 kills per map. All yeah, right. I was going to say, I'd have literally no clue. Yeah, no idea what... I mean, no. I'm going to have yes. no idea on any of these. Maybe... Honestly, like, a maybe lot of them op, you're going to be able to have a good guess. Maybe is the one that you have the best guess on. But, like, that's... Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you hints is, is the is the goal here. It's not like yeah, I'm okay, just going to okay. be like, oh. Well, so the next one is the shorty. Uh, this is someone that you would probably expect. This is someone from a team that has had uh, a good bit of international success in the past. However, this person has not actually been a part of that international success. Um, any guesses so oh, far? Oh, that, that's a, I feel like that's a big hint. That is um, a big hint. Um, yeah, but it's a big hint that I still have no idea what the answer is. It's um, interesting. Now, my guess would... Well, who was the one... There was one person who was going absolutely disgusting this year with a shorty mm-hmm. intentionally to generate money at Tokyo. For Twiston's, um, like, the mental charity health shorty thing, yeah. yeah. So well, there's someone who's intentionally trying to get a ton of shorty kills. Well, I think this you might be a little confused season, there, Cass, because I believe the shorty kill uh, promotion was in Tokyo, specifically. Yeah, it was. But I'm saying he, he got a stupid number of shorty kills in Tokyo, specifically. Well, Which this, this have these been stats counted. are pre-Tokyo. These are regular seasons. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh So oh, that oh, wouldn't okay. show up in these stats. Got it. I, I, I thought Tokyo was counted. Got it, thought, got it. I thought the current event being champs going on right now was the only one that was not being looked at. No, nope, this, no, yeah, like this is regular season only. Yeah, which, okay, which so I think makes it a count. bit more interesting because it doesn't okay, just. So then yeah, they, this also ignores the lock-in tournament, then, right? Uh, yes, this is regional regular season. Okay, got it. Yes, and I, I will add as an additional hint: this team is absolutely one of the top teams in their region, uh, top two at minimum. That this player is on. Um, I'm gonna okay. go with something. Chase, any any guess? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Foxy. It is something. That's uh, correct. Some... Yes, and I'm so excited to see him play at champs. Oh my goodness, I I'm very yeah, excited that's, for that. That, that was no hunters. Hunters hint was huge, and then I remembered yeah. that he is a huge fan of that gun. Yeah, I and also plays jet. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, the jet was was a uh, helpful in in that guess. I hadn't actually watched any of something really ever, just because I don't follow uh, Pacific uh, tournaments and mm-hmm. games. Uh, maybe I should. Seems like they have a lot of fun over there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know him as an aggressive and fun player. Yeah. Okay, uh, next one. I'm also going to give a free pass. Uh, Frenzy is uh, Aaron from Global Esports. You guys actually know him from Xset, but you probably wouldn't have, you know, thought to guess him there, and that would have. <laughs> would have been a very yeah, hard no way would have been a very long yeah, series no. oh, of hits to get to that global, one like did they do well they haven't done well like what why is global up there well hey, you'll see that okay. there actually are several other names on this list who are really good with the gun but you know it hasn't led to their team being successful but well, also yeah, the less ahead. successful your team is the more likely you are to be using some of the guns on this list well lower down that's a good sure. point that's yeah, a good that's point a very good point yeah. But this next person is not one of those who, you know, one of those people who just, it wasn't, his team isn't very successful. This person, in fact, is known for being a, one of the best uh, aimers in EMEA, despite not playing a duelist. 
And that might already be too much of a, a hint, so I'll let you guys guess off of that. This is for the ghost, just to be clear. Guess is alpha year. Okay, okay. Chase? Um, fuck, I don't, I don't know, like, I, I can't, like, come up with, like, people's names on the spot, you know? I need, like, a fucking list of all the, like, players and all yeah, the yeah. franchising. Um... Well, this this is a big name. Like, this is definitely you someone a, you, you know. Have a second monitor. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, Shigetsu. You guys both good guesses. It is Nats. Nats. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. This next do you have one. Runner ups by chance. I do not have runner ups. I, okay. I just have the number one because this is this is posted on Reddit. Okay. The, this next one is back to a team that uh, really struggled in the regular season. What'd you say? It's scream. scream. <laughs> uh I, I can neither confirm nor deny we'll, we'll yeah. keep going with this uh yeah this team often made very strange eco decisions okay scream it, here's the thing it is not scream oh. but you guys aren't completely are you, are you off base okay so strange eco decisions and it's not um carmine core that means it well, is how do you know um, it's not carmine core he just said it wasn't scream i said it wasn't scream oh, specifically Yes. True. It How could significant be is that? Still. still be Carmen Core. Yeah. Um, now the other thing that I was thinking of, because like initially when Hunter first made this list, I, I thought it was just for NA. I'm like, I know mm-hmm. that Rooney got a fuck Rooney ton does of the share of kills. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll narrow it down and say this is EMEA. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, you I know what? Know because I think team. this is difficult, I'm just going to narrow it down and say it's Carmine Core, but not Scream. Yeah, so yeah. then who's left? Nevera? It is uh, XMS, who okay. is okay. known for buying a sheriff a lot. So. Wow, the, uh, the Minima Sheriff. Yeah, what a, what a weird choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this little graphic, as you'll see if you come to the Discord, has their skin of choice as well, which is very interesting. Um, I have this no is idea who XMS is. One. Yeah, he, he's like the Sentinel player for okay. um, Carbine Core, but one of the things that makes their gameplay so, I guess, wacky is that he he doesn't necessarily uh, op all that often, although he did in the very famous uh, viral clip uh, of Sideshow. It's more often uh, Nevera who is opping. Uh, yeah. And so basically some of the role issues of Carmine Core relate to that. All right, next up, uh, we go to the Stinger. Uh, this, the player who has the most kills of the Stinger is on a team that has um, often it's had... It's yeah, often had uh, high hopes, but uh, failed, <laughs> especially when it comes to translating success from their region to the international stage. Um, See, now that makes me think, uh, although Cloud9 does fit quite well there with that description, yeah. it makes me really think of DRX. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This um, is an NA team. Well, the person is from an NA team. This is an NA team. Okay. Yes. Um well, their team, their team colors do feature blue. <laughs> <laughs> so it is C nine, maybe, or or maybe, maybe like it's not also... Leaf. It is not Leaf. I will say that. Okay, well then I'm going with Zelsus. He's so close, and yet so far, oh, it is wow. Zeppa from C nine. Oh, <laughs> yes, I was like, oh come on, say someone other than Zelsus. You're so close. <laughs> yeah. We'll do another free pass I knew here. It, I knew it had to be C9, though. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they got a ton of fucking value just force buying SMGs. Yes, yes. You were on very much on the right path. And I have seen Zeppa do some nasty things with the Stinger. So that didn't really surprise me once mm-hmm. I thought about it. But it, him beginning ahead of Leaf is somewhat surprising because I do think of Leaf more. Uh, next one is a free pass. Uh, Shados from Koi in EMEA with the Spectre. You know, not my favorite gun, as anyone who listens to the podcast will know. So, you know, somewhat irrelevant person <laughs> having that is good. No, I have no idea how Shados is. No, no need to actually throw that shade. That was just me being silly. Okay, um, next one is the Bucky. Uh, this person is someone who has been at a lot of international tournaments or several to a lot. I'd say at least half. Um maybe around half. He's been to more than one international tournament, like three minimum. Um and he was the um victim of one of the first viral clips of something going horribly wrong in uh Masters Reykjavik oh, twenty eleven, oh, oh, the very oh. first one. I mean twenty twenty one. God, he's the guy that got fucking one eightied on by vanity. And I don't know who it is. Cass is who correct. Is it's the guy. It, it's the guy who was trying to trigger discipline. I uh, was standing right behind Vanity. Vanity realized that he couldn't walk backwards. One eighty'd and shot him. Um, yes. Oh, I've seen that clip. It was on Haven. Correct. In Haven, I, attacker spawn is where this happened. Yeah, and I don't know who it was. Ironically, this person. This person would have been just fine if they had a Bucky in hand. It is Soulcast from Team Liquid. Okay. He was playing Sky in that clip too, wasn't he? Maybe. I, I don't remember okay. that. Yeah. All right. This next one is someone who is already who is already on this list for the judge. I'm just going to start with that and see if there's anyone it's who probably Zeppa. Zeppa plays Raze. Ooh, Reasonable that's, guess. Yeah. That's a reasonable guess. Um, with the... Hmm. I gotta pick someone that's not Zeppo to make it interesting. I'm gonna yes. say that uh, Soulcast is just so good with all shotguns. <laughs> that oh, you're Soulcast so close. Again. You're so close, Chase. <laughs> a different person <laughs> who's good it? with shotguns. It is something. <laughs> oh, it's Beerus. It something just would have been my second guess. But yes. I, I know that Zeppo plays Raze. I don't know how much... Because Jing plays Raze for PRX. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I'm surprised yeah, it's not Jing, honestly. And I was like, I'm I'm very surprised it is something because he doesn't play Raze. Right. Yeah. Like, something would have been my next guess out of the players on this list. But I was like, ah, Zeppa plays Raze. So it's probably him. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly. Why is the Jet sitting around with a, with a fucking uh, judge? How much bind did they play? Good question. I mean, I, honestly, I know there, I know there is yeah. like a somewhat, or I, I know some jets will often do that. Just buy a, even though they could potentially afford a full rifle, they buy a, um, they buy a judge, Go smoke a dash into, oh, uh, no, not hookah, Lance. U-Haul. Yeah, right. Um, and then just try to get the kill. And then if they do get the kill, get the weapon upgrade. Otherwise just bunker down in there. Yeah. That's a good way to eventually go. Eventually get a kill and then hopefully upgrade to a rifle. Um, because I've definitely seen Jets do that when they have enough money to buy a full rifle anyway. Mm-hmm. And just don't. Yeah, I, I especially as, you know, someone who played Jet for an act, I loved uh, having a shotgun with my knives as a backup if I had knives. And that made me much more confident to buy the Judge if it was a full buy round. 
the fact that, like, you know, I wouldn't be useless in a retake situation. You have a shotgun. Not as One reliable job, of a shotgun, though. And you might <laughs> yeah. still want the knives for something else later in the round. Yeah, Although, I, I guess yes. you pick up the gun, but, like, you know, some in some situations, you know, maybe they have an op and you don't want an op right then, you know. It's nice You're to just have the jet. knives. You always want an op. <laughs> yeah, that's where Cassidy's jet differs. I did op a good bit, but not as much as Cass. Wait, wait, I'd, I'd just like to... I just noticed something on this um, on this list, which, you know, all of them say, like, the number of kills they get per map, like, yeah. averaged out uh, under the guns, except for when it came to the Bucky, in which Soulcast <laughs> just says four kills. I believe that probably is how that worked, that it's keeping yeah. Because there's no way he's getting four so Bucky kills per map. I was, thinking, I was thinking that yeah. there was genuine, genuinely a chance that the Bucky could have come out to, like, a single kill. Just somebody got a Bucky kill. Yeah, he like that's kind of how yeah. it worked. Like Soulgas got four Bucky kills, which is why I think I might know what melee is. Interesting, interesting. Mm. Like uh, somebody got a knife kill. There's got to be more got than a one very knife important kill. Important knife kill. Interesting. Yeah, but but does somebody have two? Mm, that's mm. true. Mm. Well, you know what? I, since it's, I don't think it's all that exciting, and we're discussing it already, we'll we'll just go to the melee now, since it is sort Wait, of. Can next. you do that without? Because you're going through a slideshow, right? <laughs> God damn it. I, I, I gotta cut that out. I look like such a dumbass. Yeah, it's correct. Yeah. Yes, I can't yeah, do you that. You just revealed all the rifles yeah. to us. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so the, moving on to the bulldog. The, this person is someone who is a part of a team that from a minor region, uh, not NA or EMEA, and they their team has oftentimes overperformed at international tournaments and this person in particular has often you know overperformed even relative to his team really standing out in these internationals um you know what i'll narrow it down um, even more because that's still a lot of people and say this person primarily plays smokes is it sugar zero Gas? i figured it would i i like i figured it would be a support player mm-hmm um just because they're more likely to buy somebody else the rifle or like a van- Vandal or Phantom and then take the quote unquote lesser gun for themselves. But mm-hmm. oh, it's who does Sugar Zero even play for? Zeta. Zeta? Yeah, that's um, where my mind went with his because you know, hmm. Zeta had that big run at the internet. Yeah, they did, a while but ago. then they kind of flopped out. The other one. Well, Cass, um, I, I won't waste your time. It is Sugar yeah, Zero. It is Sugar yeah, Zero. Okay, Chase okay, was correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, my, my mind immediately went to Zeta, and then you said Smokes. Because I was originally like, okay, well, Zeta, who pops off on Zeta, like, Laz. Yeah. Yep. But then, yeah, Sugar Zero makes yeah. more, more sense. Yep, Sugar Hero. Say, well, literally, when you say they play Smokes, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This next one, this is it, also not an unknown. Demon one? Oh, go ahead. Demon 1? Cass immediately guesses Demon 1. Uh, I'll finish my little spiel. Which is is someone who does have cracked out of his mind aim and is a very well-known name at this point due to recent events. Um, They do often play Duelist, but can play certain other roles as well. Um, Okay. I'm going to go with Demon 1 then too with that description. (laughs) It is Demon (laughs) 1. You guys are both correct. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's a god with the Guardian. Mm Mm-hmm. This yeah, next... I didn't need the description for that one. Yeah. <laughs> this next one for the Phantom. This is a player who was, uh, for a long time, considered to be a good support player, 
but not necessarily one of the better parts of his team. But at the most recent tournament, the not lock-in, but the Masters, uh, he stepped up in a major way and looked like he had become a new player, uh, leading his team to a top four finish. Or not leading, being a part of his team having a top four finish and doing very well. Hmm. Okay, who are the okay? Who so are the top Tokyo, four teams? Okay, there's EG, Fnatic. Yep, Fnatic. Um, PRX. PRX. But who's who's number four? Who's, who's was it number four? Who was the um? Number? Okay, well I guess I've admitted it's not whoever the fourth team <laughs> is because I can't remember them. <laughs> oh, so it's, so it's, yeah, it's one, one of those three. three. Yeah, I, was, I was <laughs> expecting it to be the fourth team. Yeah, no, no, um, I. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of PRX, um, Fnatic, and uh, EG. And G. Yes. They're, they're really only... I think there are really only two players who fit this description. Uh, but, what was the description again? The Somebody description is, who, is like, someone... Stepped up massively? He was a support player who was considered not to be one of the more important players on the team. One of the more replaceable Ooh. ones. Wait. No, never mind. I, there are two um, who fit this kind of equally well, honestly. Yeah, God. Oh. Well, I mean, I was thinking of, of Devi... Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, if you go, like, you could also, I don't know if Boaster really fits that description. Um, I'm going to go Boostio. Okay. Uh, Chase was correct. It is Divai. Divai. I okay. was thinking that Calm mm. would also fit that description as well, because he was seen mm. as a weak link of EG, and then he stepped up. But yeah. He did yeah. step, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, this next person is uh, also not a huge surprise necessarily. One of just the straight up uh, best aimers in the world and someone who does not play duelist, but uh, is a great primarily Sentinel player. Um, and they are not from EMEA. Hmm. Mm. That's interesting. And not from EMEA. Mm-hmm. Sentinel player. Is this one Bustio? I, I wouldn't say Bustio would be considered wi widely considered one of the best aimers in the world. So no. That's a good point. You're right. Yeah, so I, I mean, that's a freebie. You can have another guess. In the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Forgot about that description aspect. Um. He is also from a team that has a lot of very good aimers. But in general, he really, I would say that to a lot of people, he stands out as in terms of just aim, not, you know, being a duelist or opping or anything. Rifling, he's just really good. I'll, I'll narrow it down further and say not NA. This, this should narrow it down quite a bit. Yeah, so it's, okay, so it's, uh, it's Pacific. Yeah. Uh, no, so hold it's up, either hold up. it's Pacific or it's China or it's uh, South America. I said not NA, not not. Oh, Americas. you said not NA. Oh, yes. not NA. Yes. So okay, China. Uh, no, because Osmos plays, plays duelist. Oh, Taking, you said. Oh, you said oh, he didn't play duelist. Yes. Forsaken. Uh, Did he take over? Chase the was closer. Chase. Chase was closer. No, Forsaken has oh. played primarily flex. A lot of uh, initiators. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, this is a this is a true sentinel player who's cracked out of his mind most of the time. Chase. Chase was the closest oh with his most recent guess. Hmm. I mean, who plays what? For, okay, I'm just going to reveal because I'm loud. Yeah, it is loud. Less. Less it's is less. widely considered. Oh, okay. you know, the, I, I'm surprised you guys didn't know, but clearly you didn't. So I just yeah, I wasn't going to know who the Sentinel player was. For yeah, that. yeah, yeah. 
All right, and then on to the melee now, since we couldn't skip ahead. Uh, I will reveal that this is a two-kill person, and oh. I was informed in the Reddit comments that from this initial post that there was actually like, like a multi-way tie for this one. And so the person who was given this one was picked um, due to factors uh, not just... Basically, they were given the tiebreaker due to outside-of-game factors. Okay, I'm going to go with the coach who stepped in for MIBR and ended 100 Thieves' season. That's a very good guess. Whose name I cannot recall at the moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall his name either, so he's not... He's, okay, he's not it's not him. Yes. Right, right. I don't know. This I is someone who's most known, known for using a different eco-gun. And was honored at Tokyo. <laughs> That's not a dead giveaway. No. It's twisted. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the honored at Tokyo. Yeah, that, right. that one. Yeah, right. that makes That's sense. A, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's given the tiebreaker over a couple other people with two knife kills because, you know, great to honor his legacy and who he was yeah. as a person. Um, moving on so to the Marshall. What gun was he known for using? Shorty. That's why the whole Shorty fundraiser was a thing. Oh. I yeah. thought, okay, I thought the reason for that being is because he was complaining about uh, like, just how viable the Shorty is. No, he was really good with the Shorty. I know, okay. Yeah, that's why yeah. it was a thing. That'd be kind of I, funny I if it was like, oh, he hated this gun, so let's no, I don't think it's, I, I, I don't think it was so much yeah. he hated it, but like, he was originally the one who was who donated money to charity be, uh, based off shorty kills. He did it back in lock-in, I believe. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so when, uh, after he committed suicide, several people took up that mantle to then donate money for every shorty kill. I see. Tokyo yeah. For mental health reasons. So you um, could be right. I, I thought it was just that he was good with the gun, but you know, maybe there was some of something else to his reasoning for starting right. that. Maybe, maybe he was also just good with the gun, but I know he's, I know he's the one who initially put up the, Hey, I'm donating $25 to charity for every shorty kill. Interesting. Good, good to know. Uh, moving on to the Marshall. This player uh, switched regions uh, and has had moderate success with each region, but has not uh, done a ton on the international stage, despite making it to the international stage uh, twice, maybe a third time. Um, and they do play uh, Jet, which makes sense, given that it's um, a Marshall. Yeah, Artis. Um, yeah, Artis. Artis, that's the name. I, that's my guess you guys i gave you one more because mm, <laughs> the, the amount of people who fit the description <laughs> is pretty okay. low okay um this person also in addition to changing regions earlier in their career they were forced by their r rather stupid and possibly racist org to change their name to a very dumb one no clue that doesn't help me at all say a player when he initially came to uh, mm. NA, uh, they, I forget who he was playing for, maybe Immortals? Basically, they said Seiya Player was like a lame name, and they forced him to change it, and he had like some really like just bland name, and then you know he was able to go back to Seiya Player on the guard and have success there before now playing for Team. Got it. Yeah. Okay, this next person, <laughs> I think this is going to be fairly easy to guess, but that probably isn't a lot of a spoiler. This person is very much known for opping, despite not having any recent international success. And some I'm, might argue they should not be opping as much as they are on the roles they are playing. Wait. 
Um, well, I mean, I want to say Osboss. Yeah, but no, given you, that he... But uh, that well, last... Okay. I mean, I think it's Osboss. I think it's Osboss. That, that's what I would This person does not play Duelist. Too. Yeah, but now I'm thinking... Now I'm yeah. thinking it's Nevera. It is indeed Nevera. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. okay. He's trying to force Nevera the Omen is off really stuff. fucking good with an off. Yes, yes. He is, he's cracked with it. The problem is when... You know, he constantly has to has to be in subpar op situations. Um, right, or also just like I mean, it was something that got exposed when um, hundred thieves had uh, what's his name opping um cryo. icebox. Yeah, yeah. When cryo was opping on icebox as omen, there were multiple times where the other team just got timing on him because he needed to give up an angle to smoke something else for his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so then you're not holding it the whole time. So then you're off. not holding it, and like people just got that timing on him and just walked through, and then he had no idea because in his mind he's like, "Well, I've been holding the angle the entire time with not." Right, right, yeah. Getting opening yourself up to timings like that is just you know tough as an opera. Mm-hmm. Um, next one for Aries. I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. I would just like to say, like I was thinking Osbos still because I thought you were uh, discussing how he didn't really play Jet at the most recent tournament. Yeah, yeah that I, was... I, I could have seen that, that argument as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have included Not a Duelist earlier on. It's just, the reason why I was a little more vague is because you guys said Nevera earlier today, and when I explained yeah. this to Cast IRL, he also said Nevera. So I thought yeah. you guys would get this pretty easily. No, no, no. I was, I was, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was torn between Nevera and, and Ospos in general. Mm. But then when you gave that description, I was like, ah, oh, it's probably Nevera. Yeah. Next one is a freebie, uh, Zeta from Tier 1. You know, do know his name from C9, but, uh, you know, probably wouldn't have guessed it. All right, and then the final one is a newer addition to a vaunted Valorant squad who has had, who had significant success last year on the international stage. And this person plays the kind of support roles where an Odin would shine and has generally stepped up and been a very good replacement for the person that uh, moved on to a team in NA. Okay. Um, he took so yeah, on, on FP on what was FPX. Yeah. Mavi, what is that? Oh yeah, no, C took Artis's took his spot. spot. Yeah. But C is not using the fucking Odin. <laughs> this is correct. Um, it is not C yeah. thank, thank God. <laughs> um, Charles Nethington does not prefer the Odin. Um, yeah, I don't know. This player plays on loud. <laughs> oh. We'll narrow it down a lot. 50-50 uh, shot. <laughs> so either either Tweez or, or Kalenzine. I'm going to go Cal- Kalenzine, sure. That is correct. It is Kalenzine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I I thought it was just so interesting thinking about these different roles and particularly with champs just starting now. I thought you guys might enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's very uh, diverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting how some of the people are people who also translate that success to the international stage and some people who don't, even though they're really good at doing that because of, you know, team issues, like the biggest one being Nevera, who is really would, I think, have a lot of op success on the international stage, but his brother being a terrible IGL prevents that from happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the end of, of go ahead. You're going to say something. I was just going to say, it, like, it, it's also interesting in terms of like, well, yeah, Nevera is really good with an op, but that's because he opted back in CS and he might just feel the most comfortable on that smokes roll. Yeah. 
just in terms of the rest of him playing, and he still gets a lot of fucking value from the off as shown. Yeah, um, averaging like what was it like four point four kills a map? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, like I don't know. Like, does it make sense to then? try and take somebody who is really good at a particular weapon and especially one as strong as the op and being like, ah, oh, well, maybe we should just have you playing chamber slash jet. Like, even if they're more uncomfortable in that role, like, does that, uh, yeah, I don't know. Things yeah. like that. And then like, when you look at like, um, well, he's the only one that was like really the oddball in terms of like, you wouldn't expect this player to be doing this on that role. But yeah, true, true. There wasn't anyone else who... The well, there's not a lot of them. other guns that are super role-specific. I mean, maybe... Uh, maybe like Phantom. Bulldog or... Yeah, Phantom? I feel like it. it's more preference you know? Yeah, like, it, it, sure, yeah. it is more preference but, like, I, I'd argue that, like, you know, when you are playing a Smokes agent, especially not in the chamber meta, where you really want to be able to hit those one-taps, like, if you're playing, like, you know, Cypher or a Smokes agent, you're probably better off with the phantom yeah i would also say like a uh someone who mains uh rays slash neon probably wouldn't uh go for a sheriff that's a bit more specific but i'd be really mm -hmm. surprised if someone who is primarily a raised player had sheriff as their highest um just because you know they're probably not picking it that much um any other closing thoughts on this before we move on to the dvp servers man uh map ranking versus our own no I i'd like to move on to that one Cool. Yes. I, uh, very excited to reveal this. So after we made our cumulative map ranking last week, I invited the server to also weigh in and give their own map ranking, creating a Google form that was, uh, the embodiment of hell on mobile. Um, <laughs> however, it was the only way I could figure out how to do it. So sorry for any of you who had to suffer through that and didn't do it on PC. But anyway, uh, the results are in and oh boy, are they interesting? Um, Hunter, you said you said we had fourteen responses, right? Yes, fourteen that's responses. Like, it's the most engagement we've gotten on anything in the fucking server. So yeah, that's, that's um, more I mean than that, the that's saying a lot. Typically, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like a good it feels like a good representation of the people who are active in the server. So uh, I, was, I was happy with that. All right, so coming in at the well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll let you you guess the worst, and that's the only one we'll guess because after that, you know, it becomes easier. What do you guys think the server put as the worst map in the game? Lotus. Intriguing. Mm. Cass? That's a good question. Breeze? Am I just jaded by how much you guys hate Lotus? You might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it turns out you uh, are not. There okay. is a two-way tie for worst, and that is between Lotus and Pearl. Okay. So the server also hates Lotus. And Chase, if you remember, I, we, you and me were pretty similar in our ranking of Lotus. I really don't hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I meant you guys as, you know, the royal you guys. Yeah, the royal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Cass, you weren't far off either as uh, Breeze was rated as the third worst, I guess you would say. Even though it's yeah, the best. Yeah. Um, yep. So that one's also not very well liked. And then up next, we have Icebox. Very surprising. I feel like people be sleeping on the Icebox. I agree. Nah. I agree. that People hated Icebox from the beginning for some reason. I always enjoyed it. Um, and then next is one of the more surprising differences. Well, I'm not sure if that's true. There's some more surprising ones. But Fracture is the dead middle 
of our of the server's uh, rankings. Whereas obviously wow. it was significantly higher for us. So people are people are sleeping on Fracture a little bit. Significantly higher was number one for us, right? It was number two. Number, number two. two. Oh, it was number yeah. two. Oh, uh, Haven was one. Haven was one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which honestly tracks with what I've experienced because I, I feel like when Fracture came out, so many people dodged that map. And I still feel like sometimes people do dodge it. Like I was playing a game and someone dodged for Fracture and playing with Kate's and she was like, yeah, you know, that happens. It's Fracture. People yeah, trying to get I, out I of there. I, I, I think that, like, Fracture is a map that, like, a bunch of people who grew up playing, uh, like, CS and, you know, just other, like, like other shooters that's like, operate in a similar manner, um, that, like, it, it really flipped the script on the way in which, like, map design is, is, or comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's so many people that just do not like that aspect of it. Yep. That they prefer to play a more standard but unique in its own way kind of map. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. I just I just love the change of pace that Fracture provides. I think that it does a really good job with its, you know, gimmick. And uh, in general, it's just fun to play. Aggression is very rewarded on, on both sides, which, uh, yeah. and I think that's cool. Um, moving up next. Uh, this one, the fourth best map, according to our server, Hurts my soul to a large extent. And that is split. Why are <laughs> server people, uh, why do you have split that high? Explain yourself, please. <laughs> yeah, that's really high. Yeah. We played two games on split today. We lost both of them. Yes. I was saying I have a 0% win rate on split this act. It is rough. I fucking do not like split. We cannot win rounds on attack. It's tough. Yeah. I either, I either love split or hate split. You have a split depend on experience with the map. Game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm saying, I never do mediocre on split. Yeah. I yeah. always do absolute dog shit actually really fucking well. Um, And I feel like yeah. so much of that just has to do with well, number one, can I get an op into my hands on defense? And number two, how willing to dry peak angles is the other team? True. Both. True. That would help you with the op. Yes, yes, yes it does. <laughs> Surprisingly, that's the way it works. The number of people that are willing to challenge, like, or, like, after I've proven that I will be right at barrier drop on A main and off that initial angle. Yeah, but people who, are like, I got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have that cockiness. That are, You're yeah, like, I got yeah. that shot first. Yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. number of people that are just willing to not even, like, double peek that and, like, maybe go for the trade, which also... I'm playing Jet and Chamber, it's hard to get that trade, but, like, just like, yeah, no, we don't need to flash this. It's, like, it's right here. I'm not burning a flash for that. Um, yeah, it's it, it's very surprising how often it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're good at the punish when people don't respect that you could be posted up there in whatever mm-hmm. angle you're in. Um, yeah, so moving on to number three from the server. And this is the only point at which we and the server exactly agree. And that is bind at number three. So both of us think bind is really solid. I would have assumed that the server thought it was lower. You know, there's, we're talking general opinion. People tend to not like bind, which we discussed a a bit. Well, I, uh... I disagree, Chase. I think that pros tend to dislike bind. I think the rank and file Valorant player tends to really like bind. There are a couple of vocal people that hate bind yes and that is in the discord yeah and that is actually um, borne out by the data we'll get into the data a little bit later in terms of okay. responses were 
Yeah. Um, now I'll, I'll reveal the top two at the same time because it's process of elimination for the last one. So at number two, pretty similar to us, they have Haven. And then making me want to grab a trash can and throw up a little bit. At number one, the server put Ascent. God damn it. <laughs> really? That doesn't surprise me, though. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do like Ascent. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, well, I think yeah. I think they're kind of just, you know, Ascent and Haven are kind of just like the maps of Valorant. You know, we we, we all say that yeah. we love we love Haven, but like those are the most typical maps, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Even though yeah, Haven's crazy with three sites or whatever, like, you know, those are the most typical maps. And so like those being up top doesn't surprise me. Well, mm-hmm. you, you saying that makes me want to transition here to something very much along those lines. I'll go ahead and share my screen now that I've revealed everything with the, uh, this is a little bit messy, but essentially this here, I should label it, is the server ranking. And then the one below is ours. Um, so uh, what you'll notice is the launch maps of Valorant are the top four, according to the yeah. server's rankings. <laughs> Yeah, and then the two most recent maps are at the bottom, according to the server rankings. So there seems to be perhaps a bit of reverse recency bias going on, uh, where people really hate the new maps and really love the uh, old classics, which I, I thought I mean, was very interesting the, to see. That happens literally every time a new map comes out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. literally every single time a new map comes out, people go and people hate about it. it. Yeah, but so I fully agree with that, but I I was kind of surprised that some of the, you know, older ones like Icebox and Fracture, the older released maps didn't, you know, work their way up as people Mm -hmm. grew to love them like we did, especially for Fracture. Um, Yeah, so a couple notes on things that were interesting was that Ascent was obviously a big difference where we put it smack in the middle. Um, Haven and Pearl were pretty similar between our two rankings where we had Haven at one, Server had it at two. We had Pearl at um, uh, eight. They had it at tied for nine. And then uh, Bind was exactly the same. Um, And what I wanted to bring attention to as well, like this up here, this is the number of votes for each position. And then this uh, here is like the weighted totals. Um, So (laughs) Bind was, Bind had one person at least voted for bind in uh every single position this is this is bind here oh, this wow. isn't labeled so this is really confusing yeah. to read but essentially yes at least one people one person voted for uh bind in every each of the nine positions two people voted it as the absolute most mid map two people voted it as the worst map in the game and then four people voted for it as the best map in the game so that you know sort sort of ties into what you guys were saying about it being controversial and some people really hating bind you know, that certainly w- was borne out in the data. And then I was just blown away seeing that we had Ascent at fifth best map. Every one of the 14 members of our server put Ascent at four or higher. <laughs> With 12 of the 14, put 12 of the 14 putting it in their top three. I did not expect Ascent to have that much of a uh, outpouring of support from the community. Uh, you know, I disagree with you guys, but you know, I appreciate you participating, and it's very interesting to see. I mean, like, Ascent is still, like, just the map. Yeah. yeah like, Ascent... like, Ascent is default. It's vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah, tend to like high. vanilla. What would you, say, what'd you say, Chase? People just had it really high. Surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also surprising to see that, uh, you know, Lotus was tied for the bottom, right? Yeah. Um, but not a lot of people had it as their lowest. 
right like right. as they're bought like so um yeah I, what is it pearl i don't know your your fucking spreadsheet is all out of whack yeah so okay what happened here to read this. What, what happened here was that i went through like the raw votes and then i like did the weighted totals but then i rearranged these to be the actual ranking so like uh, let me see lotus was uh 25 so this this was lotus here Okay, so a lot of people did have Lotus as their bottom map. Right, so right. That was that was by mm-hmm. far the most hated. Um, yeah, it, for it, it people did having win it as and, number nine. Yeah, but what is interesting is that uh, Pearl. There's actually only one person who voted for Pearl as the absolute worst map, but then five people voted for it as the second to worst map. So it was yeah, more so of a it was the opposite of what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, it was the opposite of what you were saying. The two got to the that point in different ways. Um, and it's also interesting how there really is a cluster at the bottom of Icebox, Breeze, Lotus, Pearl. Uh, and then, you know, there's much more of a step up, up to Fracture and then to Bind and Split. And then Haven and Ascent really separate themselves. It's no no real contest there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, very interesting to see. Um, I, I, I've had a very fun time looking at that and, uh, you know, being a little shocked and, you know thinking it's so interesting to see the difference but that that's about all i got on that and curious unless you guys have any other uh uh thoughts on it no i mean it's cool to see the uh the the server rankings compared to ours yep. yeah it's unfortunately we haven't influenced everybody to be the exact same as our opinions yeah, um, yeah. well <laughs> I know, to be I know fair tries really hard so <laughs> <laughs> to be fair when i put out the um when i put out the survey i made sure to ping everyone and i said that um I, I said that make sure to fill it out quickly if you don't want to be influenced by our opinions because I put it out on Sunday when our the last episode dropped on Monday. So some people probably did this before they heard. Actually, I know some people did this before they heard our takes on the maps. So they were free from our influence. Well, Maybe it would have been different otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is all I had as the, once again, fill-in host, unless you guys have any other topics you wanted to discuss. Cass is the uh, normal non-fill-in host. Would, yeah. Do you have anything you want you wanted to discuss quickly, or um, we get out of here? Um. Yeah, I didn't come prepared with anything. Uh it's almost well, like you forgot that we were doing podcast today. Yeah, I kind of did. But then, like, I was like, I, well, I initially was working on like the bus back, trying to find some stuff. But then I called you guys to give you my ETA, and then you were just like, ah, oh, well, we, we we started, and I'm like, oh, well. Clearly, Hunter's got some topics then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I came uh, locked and loaded to this one. Uh, what were some of the things talked about that I missed that I can quickly give opinions on? Anything um, I think you're just going to have to listen to the podcast and we'll, we'll hear them from you <laughs> next week. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is definitely something that'll totally happen. Oh, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, with yeah. that, Chase, you want to take us out with the usual awesome outro? Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm getting an intro to my outro, but on that, we'll drink with you later.